Have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast, and I am super excited for today's guest. We have Jane Christoffi here. Woo, woo. Hi, Jane. How are you? I'm great, Sabrina. How are you today? Oh, so good. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you today because I think it's just so relevant. I love your work. I mean, I published, we're publishing your book in a couple of days, and I'm super pumped for that too. So, okay. okay. Jane Christoffi, M-E-D is an educational strategist who helps students find their academic direction. She motivates kids to unleash their potential by helping them develop their learning and life skills and their passions and strengths. A teacher and guidance counselor for over 25 years, Jane founded Right Track in 2012. She's a popular speaker on a variety of education and parenting topics and a regular guest on national television news programs. Jane is launching her book, launch Mm -hmm. your kid in just two days, which I'm so excited about. We're going to chat a little more about that today, but it's jam-packed with no-nonsense tips for parents on how to get their kids through school and ready for the world. So welcome, 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 Jane. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So good. So tell me a bit about yourself, not the bio version, as I said, but the real you. How did you get into this line of work? What is it that you do to support parents? We'd love to hear sort of the Coles Notes, your version of it. Okay, so I started out as a teacher. I, um, I'm Canadian born. My parents always saw that I was good at working with kids and I was great with the dog. I trained their family dog and they thought, mm, she's a good teacher. I went through school doing things like being a swimming instructor and a camp counselor and I ended up in teaching. Um, I wanted to do the admin track, then I had kids and I actually stayed home with my kids full time at first. And when it was time to go back to teaching full time, I couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. Um, they had changed, there was a surplus in the system and they had changed the rules around hiring. And although I had experience and I was a promising young leader when I took my time off, uh, there was no space for me when I came back, it was devastating. Um, so I did get on the supply list and I hustled. I did everything that I could uh, to get work, but I, um, started a side hustle called Right Track because everyone I knew was asking me questions about their own kids. You know, I was in this mom community um, with, with kids of my own and people were always asking me, should I choose French immersion? Should I send my kid to the local school or the private school? Should I send my, what do I do? My child has been, you know, designated gifted or has ADHD. And I had lots of answers for people. And so I thought, what the heck? This is a business opportunity and I'm providing value. And so I I started doing that for a handful of years and I really uh, started to grow the business in 2018. That's when I started doing the marketing and, um, you know, turning it into something full-time. So as my kids got more independent, I became more independent and really took back my work life 
full time. And now I have this business that I totally love. I run it on my terms and I help people. Um, I'm helping families who, you know, they, they come to me with their challenges and their struggles with academics uh, early in their educational journeys. And then I actually continue working with them all the way to the post-secondary transition. So um, initially I was working with kids transitioning to middle school and high school. And then those families came back and said, Jane, we want your help again. So now I'm doing the post-secondary transition. It's so fun. I love it. And my own kids are now first year university and grade 11. And they're both in the system in, in Ontario. So it's really exciting having teenagers for sure. Yeah, well, many of our listeners know that I have the best of both worlds, as I like to call it. So I have a 14 year old who's in grade nine. And then I have a six year old and a four year old who are just starting their school journey in junior kindergarten and grade one. So this year was a huge transitional year for us in so many ways, not just, you know, the C word that's out there and the global pandemic situation mm -hmm. and the homeschooling for many months. But, mm -hmm. you know, it was the first year of high school for one, the first year of elementary school and the first year of kindergarten. So any school experience, none of my kids attended daycare because I, I had to work from home. So yeah, it, it was a massive transitional year. So the book is amazing. Launch Your Kid. I am so excited that not only did I have the pleasure of being your publisher, but I got to read it first. <laughs> and I think that's so good because it is super helpful for all parents, not mm -hmm. just kids dealing with that transition into high school, not just parents dealing with, you know, the after their post-secondary experience, it's all children because you start early, right? Mm -hmm. The earlier you start these, these techniques and, mm -hmm. you know, start implementing things, it helps, right? So can you share a little bit without giving the book away, of course, because go and buy this book, everyone, you, you need to get your hands on this book. But can you tell us a couple of, you know, sort of tricks and tips, maybe your, your best tip for, you know, setting up your kid for success? Okay, well, I think the first, the most important thing you can do as a parent is be a good role model. So whatever skills, hopes and dreams you have for your child, you know, if you want someone who's high functioning, um, as a teenager, you've got to start really early, but you've also got to show them somebody who's high functioning consistently. And um, really role modeling is the most important thing. Not every parent is born to be a teacher. Uh, you don't have to be a teacher to be good at raising kids and supporting what they're going through at school. And um, really the reason why I wrote this book is because I want parents to see that they can make a difference and they need to as well. Teachers need their help. Um, teachers can't do everything on their own and, and have kids come out um, at the end of grade 12 ready, ready to launch or at the end of their first diploma after in post-secondary. Parents have to get involved and, and it's really, really simple if you just break it down. Um, role modeling is great. Doing a bit of hands-on teaching um, when necessary with very specific guidelines. And then outsourcing, I think is really key as well. Getting help from experts other than you regularly when needed to take care of areas that aren't your expertise or your comfort zone. Um, and maybe you don't have time to do everything. So it's a combination of the three, but I think you know if you wanna raise kids who are good time managers, you've gotta be one too. If you want an organized child, you have to be one 
too from day one, having expectations of the kids um, in their bedrooms, you know, in the playroom, uh, in the kitchen with their, their dinner plates and so on. All of these things all the time are going to contribute to your child being high functioning in the long term. I love that because not only does it apply to children, it applies to everyone, to life. I say it to my clients all the time. As a clarity coach, I say, you know, I go first. I cannot ask something of my clients that I'm coaching to mm -hmm. do something that I'm not willing to first do myself. Mm -hmm. And yes, that absolutely applies to my parenting role, to, you know, my role to my siblings, whatever that is, right? It's, I have to go first. I have to lead by example. Mm -hmm. So these are things that I implement and have been in my, my whole life since a very young age. My mom was a foster parent and had, you know, I had 45 siblings growing up, not all at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, I had to always lead by example because they were always younger than me. So I think it, it's a great place to start. And if you feel like, you know, oh, it's too late for that, or, you know, no, I, I didn't start that already. And now here we are at this crossroads, you know, what, what advice would you give to parents who feel that way? Because I know I've been there where it's, you know, the guilt seeps in. It's like, I could have done better. I should have done it this way. Well, I mean, I came across the feeling of I've done it wrong and I'm an educator. So I have a lot more practice than most parents working with kids on skill building um, and character building and so on. But I came across a piece of work called How to Raise an Adult by Julie Lifcott Hames. I had heard about helicopter parenting, you know, years ago. I sat in a presentation and I've read about it. But this one book I read a handful of years ago and it totally stopped me in my tracks. And it really was a lot of the inspiration for, for my own book. But I had to take a very close look at my own parenting style and say, you know, I'm a helicopter parent in some ways. I haven't asked my kids to do enough chores. I haven't expected enough of them. I'm trying to sort out too many of their problems and so on. Um, so I think that we can all take a look at our own parenting styles, put it under the microscope and say, you know, hmm, what could I change here? What can I do to make it better? If there's tension in the household, that might be a sign to do it. If there's disorganization or chaos in the household, that's a sign to take a look at parenting styles. If, if academics, you know, if the kids are struggling academically, that's another, um, you know, indication that maybe parents should take a look at what's happening at home and how they can contribute and support work at school. I think just being aware of our parenting style all the time and being willing to make tweaks um, all the time is the, is the key to, to being a good parent. So finger on the pulse. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so relevant. It's parenting is hard, right? It's, it's really hard. hard. And, and I think it's okay to say that. Mm -hmm. And we feel as parents so often that you know, it should be easy and we're doing it wrong if it's not easy and there's something wrong with us, right? But it's, it's hard. These are people with personalities mm -hmm. and, you know, like they're, they're their own person. Yes. And I they're, love not, that they're not necessarily the, the kids that we expect yeah, to have. You exactly. know, we might expect to have a child who's a mirror image of ourselves, but mm -hmm. we get these personalities. I almost feel as though we're given the child we need. You know? Yes. We, we have a certain personality or challenge with, with each child that is, you know, that challenge is teaching us something as people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Every day I, I feel that way. And, you know, it's, it's amazing because they're, they're, they're okay, 
right? And I love that you talk about helicopter parenting because I also read an article in, I believe it was New York Times a while ago about snowplow parenting, mm-hmm. which is sort of the other side of the, the pendulum when it comes to parenting styles. And snowplow parenting is exactly as it sounds. You just push all, this, all of the things out, all the problems out of the way. Here's a clear path for you. Go down this path. And I don't think that sets our children up for success either. So helicopter parenting and hovering around and you yeah. know, always being there to fix things no good. And then plowing the way for them so they don't need to problem solve ever, also no good. So I love that you, at the core of your work and the heart of what you do, it really is about leading by example. Mm -hmm. Because we are only in control of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I say this to my clients all the time too, who are adults, right? We are entirely responsible for us. Yes, we need to guide our children. We need to protect them from danger and harm. But we also need to give them the tools and the strategies to be self-sufficient and to have that autonomy in this life, right? Yeah. So if we're snowplowing or helicoptering, it's, it's not setting them up for success. So I, I really, truly agree with that core value that we go first, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's up to us to just show them how it's done and yeah. lead them. Yeah. And there's so many things that we can do as parents to help our kids move along, but not be helicopter controlling parents, Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time. Um, Role modeling, um, having very clear expectations of what we need the kids to do. These are things like my kids um, were competitive skiers from very young downhill skiers. And if, if you've ever been skiing, you know, there's a million pieces of equipment, pieces of Mm -hmm. clothing in order to have a successful, comfortable day. And my little four-year-old was packing his own bag. You know, there's mitts and gloves and masks and all kinds of things involved in the ski gear. And that was his job. I didn't get involved. So in advance of the day, my kids would pack their bags. At the end of the day, they would lay everything out to dry and so on. But that was their thing. If there was something forgotten, there was a natural consequence with that. Mm -hmm. You know, they wouldn't go out to the ski hill without a mitt that we'd go to the lost and found or something and borrow it for the day. But that was the consequence. And as a result, I've raised kids who don't break things. They don't lose things. And I have friends who say, you know, Jane, what's up with that? How do you have kids that are so organized? And um, I just think it's been an expectation since day one. And, um, you know, recently in our family life, my kids are, you know, their dad and I, we aren't, we're no longer married. So they go from home to home and, they always manage their stuff, their homework, and my son will take his PlayStation back and forth, that type of thing. (laughs) But they just are functioning because it's been expected of them. So it's not just role modeling, but it's also, this is your job. And um, I need you to do it because this is what you need to do to be um, a capable functioning person. So, um, you know, and obviously it hasn't been perfect, but the expectations, if you establish them early on and consistently try to work them in, they really make a huge difference. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I think the struggle is as parents, we, we tend to let the walls down a little too easily, right? This, this is something that my husband and I talk about all the time because I'm ironclad. (laughs) It's like, no, this is the rule. This is the routine. This is the schedule. This is how it goes. And he's like, oh, sure, you can have candy for breakfast kind of kind of thing because 
they want it really bad or he feels bad or guilty, right? So um, how, how would you support parents who maybe, you know, are looking for clarity on how to see eye to eye with their parenting style or how to set a routine so that the kid, like, how do you set them up so that they know, like, how do you set those expectations? I guess with, is my question. With the kids knowing that your partner maybe is on a different page. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, first let's do the first part. So with the kids, <laughs> I would say, um, it's sort of a team mentality at the mm. home. You know, you think of it, we want to have a nice home. We want to have things flowing well and not chaotic. So I'll use the playroom as an example. Where does stuff go? It needs to go back when you're done. Enjoy it all you want. But um, things have to be put back into their place. And the same thing in a bedroom. You know, you want to have a relaxing space in your bedroom. So where does your stuff go? Every now and then it's okay to be messy. But I think together with the kids, you just outline what makes sense. Um, in a in a functioning home, like just even coming in the front door after school with your stuff, boots and bags and lunches that are needing to be washed. What is a sensible, reasonable routine with that so that mom doesn't have to do everything? How can you help? And it's sort of a contributing piece. This comes, this is one of the 21st century skills that's really key, collaboration. Um, you know, pitching in to the team, doing the grunt work and making um things work for, the, for everybody. Um, there was actually a, a longitudinal study that came out of Harvard. It was 75 years long. And it was, the, the, the goal of the study was to determine what, um, what was the key to success in the workplace. And um, over 75 years, they found that the people who were the most successful in the workplace were those who had chores as a young mm -hmm. person. So that would go along kind of with setting up routines like cleaning up or tidying your room or, you know, the flow in the kitchen or the laundry room or the bathroom. And the thing with chores is that um, kids who are expected to do stuff um, and be part of the team, they're the ones who will also contribute in the workplace. They anticipate what their coworkers need. They anticipate what their boss will want from them. Those are the people who rose to the top most quickly, according to the data in this study. So when I was looking at my own parenting style a handful of years ago, when I learned more and more about helicopter parenting and the damages of it, I thought, oh my gosh, like I've done too much for my kids. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking them to do more. And I actually used the study as my excuse. <laughs> See, you have to, I want you to be <laughs> successful in your life. My son and my daughter, they were just, oh, mom. But I was able to use that as an excuse to them. And now they get it and they're, they're contributing a lot more than they did. And, and there is a feeling of pride, I think, yes. being part of something. Absolutely. And I see that in my younger kids, they, they want to help. They, they, want, they ask if I need help. They are starting to, without me having to nag or ask, they're starting to do things automatically. Like it's just part of yeah, what, great. what their day is like taking yeah. their dish to the counter or to, you mm -hmm. know, those kind of things. And, you know, we live on a farm now <laughs> for a year. Now we've lived on a farm and they're starting to help with the chores on the farm and everything else. So that be I, I think, yeah, I think it's great. But what I do notice sometimes with the teenager is things like there's comparison. Like my friends don't have chores. 
nobody I know has a bedtime or nobody I know has to do that. Or, you know, so what, what about the parent? Cause I know I'm not alone. I know there's other mm-hmm. teenage parents. He still contributes. He still, he does the dishes. That's his job. He, you know, has a cutoff time for um, screen time. You know, we have all these rules in place. He follows them, but sometimes there's a pushback. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. a reluctance there to follow them. And his, his excuse is, friends don't do that. Nobody I know does that or everybody's doing it this way. (laughs) So what would you suggest to parents of teenagers who are dealing with that pushback of the the independence starting to leak in? (laughs) I think I would, it's annoying, but I would welcome it. You want to have kids who push back and who have a mind of their own. I like a strong will. I think those kids are going to make it somewhere. Like they're going to make it far. So first of all, appreciate the strong will. It's a lot more work for the parent. It's totally normal to the pushing of boundaries to just chuck it up as a normal phase. But I would highlight some of the the good parts of being a part of your family and how maybe the friends don't have this, this, and this, X, Y, and Z, and and be prepared, be armed with those type of comebacks. Um, Open up to a conversation too and sort of validate, you know, you're right. Your friends don't have it. They don't live on a farm, but don't you just love all of our goats and chickens? Look at what we have. And so validating is really powerful with teenagers and kids, I think, too, is just kind of saying, yeah, you maybe have a point, but what can we do about it? So anyway. No, I love that. I love it because that's exactly what we did. So yay. I'm patting myself on the back. Yay. (laughs) But yeah, I think, you know, it's helpful because it is hard. Like you said, it's harder for the parents Mm -hmm. with strong will and pushback and all these things. But it's part of the process. And yeah, and I think actually having a strong-willed child, it's easier to sort of dampen a spirit a little bit. You don't want to dampen it too much. You want that spirit to be alive. You just want to tame it a bit. <laughs> then to draw out a voice and a right. will. So I think for, I have, I have a couple of strong-willed kids. Mm-hmm. So this is how I've justified everything in my world. <laughs> no, I love that. That's great. So I also wanted to ask, obviously 2020 has been an interesting year it's been a little bit yes to say the least um parents are pivoting and juggling and some people are homeschooling there's you know different locations where you know schools are closed and and this is happening what would you what advice would you give to parents who are now having to take on this role as teacher as well Mm -hmm. as parent as well as leader and guide and you know all the hat all the invisible hats right we already wear so many hats already we're a chef and a housekeeper and we juggle this and juggle that as as parents so what would you say now to parents dealing with these challenging times i would say do what you can and don't beat yourself up Mm -hmm. there's so many things that are uh have been put on on women's laps so many new things moms women compared to men and dads. There's so much more for women during COVID. Um, Parents are overwhelmed. And I think that to do any more than you can, like just do what you can and don't beat yourself up. Don't make, don't feel guilty about not being perfect. The reality is, is that our kids are resilient. They are going to bounce back. They may be behind. You know, there was something that came out in the Globe and Mail this week about reading um, or recently about reading and how kids are, you know, eight months behind in their reading and so on. There's nothing we can do about it. 
So we'll deal with it when we get to the other side of this. So let's just get through the next hour, the next day, make sure everybody's happy, you know, address the mental health piece, uh, the physical health. I would say, um, you know, self-care for moms, really important. Uh, finding virtual support, like through mental health providers, if necessary, is a good idea. Regular connections with relatives and friends, you know, that village, make sure that village is at your fingertips. Um, exercise, sleep, and nutrition. I mean, these are obvious things, but, you know, I've had my down days during the pandemic and, and I find even if I'm not in the mood to exercise, I try to do that because I find that the happy chemicals that kind of are flowing through my body after the cardio workout or whatever, I just feel like a different person, you know, um, getting outside, I think is key. Um, but in terms of, you know, some sort of band-aid or cure to the problem of, you know, we're all overwhelmed and there's too much on our plates. There's really nothing we can do except some of the things I listed and hope for the best at the other end, knowing that the research shows that kids are resilient, they will bounce back. And if there is a gap, the teachers will sort it out that all of the kids are in the same boat. Yeah, no, I love that. It's interesting that you said that because my, son, the, the one who just went into grade one was, is a little bit behind on reading. And, you know, I said to his teacher, oh yeah, we could have done this better during COVID, but we didn't, you know, I didn't support his reading the way I should have. He said, it's not your job. It's not your job. That's my job. It's okay. We got this, you know, it was very supportive and very positive. And I think, you know, open communication with, with educators and teachers to, to, you know, understand how you can support them at home. And also, like you said, just going easy on yourself. We're not teachers. We're not, it's not because now, you know, the kids are being schooled at home in some circumstances that we're expected to be teachers either, right? It's, we can help them. We can support them. That doesn't mean we need to all of a sudden be doing math lessons and have a chalkboard with, you know, the alphabet. It's really just about that emotional support, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and for reading with your little guy, I would say just read a lot, you know, yeah. spend that bedtime session really cuddling and, and enjoying flipping the pages and talking about pictures and instill in him a love of learning, reading, and he will learn. Yeah. He'll learn. Absolutely. Of course. No, I think that's, that's great because there's just so much guilt around parenting, right? All, at all ages of parenting, there's guilt. Did I set them up for success? Did I do it right? Am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. Am I doing too much, <laughs> right? There's just, there's so many questions yes. and so much, but we're learning too, as parents, mm -hmm. we're learning. This is every single day is a new, a new day for us too. As Absolutely. they're going through something, we're going through something new, right? So it's, you've got to give yourself, I always say, give yourself grace and space. It's so important. Give yourself space to also learn and grow and give them space to learn and grow and then give yourself grace when it feels a little sticky. I love that. It's not perfect, right? Because there's no Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to jump back in before we say goodbye. I want to jump back in on your book because it's launching in two days on mm -hmm. Amazon, which is mm -hmm. so exciting. Um, so Thank tell, you. I just want to know the inspiration behind the book and a little bit about the book. 
And then I'm going to link in the show notes for people to go and get this book because it is so, such a powerful tool and I, I cannot wait for it to become a bestseller. Oh, thank you, Sabrina. So my book actually I've been thinking about for years. It's a combination of all the work I've done in my life, I think, as a, as a teacher, as a parent, um, as a friend, as a volunteer, uh, as a consultant, as a daughter, all of the things that I've been and done in my life, it's a culmination of what I've learned. And I've listened to parents in all of my workings with them about what keeps them up at night. In fact, when I do presentations um, at events, I'll ask them on paper, pen and paper, what keeps you up at night? And I would get I've received stacks of these, I've collected stacks and I've received all of these um, panicky, desperate comments, you know, about topics from academic skills to is my kid going to be able to, you know, figure out a career? Are they going to have what it takes to survive in the 21st century? All these things. So I, my book is a response to some of these concerns that I would constantly hear. And there were so many similar um, topics that I created an outline and I responded with my own experiences as well as some research. Um, basically, the book is about, um, you know, promoting academic success at home, getting your kids through school. The second part is getting ready to launch into the real world. And then I talk about ways, specific ways that parents can guide their kids throughout their lives. And so we touched on some of that in our chat today, um, outsourcing, you know, hands-on tutoring, role modeling. The other option or approach is what I call, well, it's not what I, I use the teachable moment all the time. And that's uh, a spontaneous learning moment in the, in the day um, when learning is really um, effective. So it's when kids are specifically interested about something and you have an opportunity to teach them and it's really retained. So, um, and then at the end of the book, I provide a handy toolbox um, to help parents and kids develop study mastery, which is that um, really high level of academic skills. So overall, the book is just meant to be easy to use, simple strategies, simple tips down to earth. And um, I'm getting feedback from teachers. They think it's great. And teachers weren't my target audience for the book. The target audience is your, your typical mom or dad. But uh, teachers love it too, because it's going to help teachers with their jobs um, to raise these kids who are ready, ready to launch. I love it. And it's, it's such a good and powerful book for parents of children of all ages. Thank you. Not just, not just high school, not just first year university, but all ages. It's even, it should be a baby shower gift. Even everyone well, should have you. this book in their hands. So <laughs> go get it. I love the sound of that. January 21st. So excited for you and for all that's to come. So if our listeners want to track you down, where's the best place to find you? Well, I love to hang out on Instagram, Jane underscore right underscore track. I'm on LinkedIn, Jane Christoffi, and my website is righttrackeducation.ca. I'm also building a YouTube uh, interview library. So I'm interviewing interesting people in a series I call Career Stories. And uh, so if you've got kids who are adolescents and into university or college, these are great uh, coffee chats with really interesting people who have great careers that can share info with your kids about them. So that's where you can find me. And I'd love to hear from people about what they think about the book. Yes. 
And I will link all of that in the show notes so you can track down Jane. She's also been on many shows and I'll put some links to, to those as well. So thank you so much for being here today and all of those gold nuggets of goodness. Great to be here. Thanks, Sabrina. <laughs> and thanks for all your help with the book too. It's Absolutely. great working with you. It's been a pleasure. Okay. 